Hey, I'm Judah. You're about to hear a message about Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I hope it is an encouragement to you personally. I want to remind you, if there's anything we can do to serve you, please go to churchhome.org. Join us on Pastor Chat. We want to ensure that you feel loved and cared for. All right, let's get to it. Here's the message. Hey, welcome to church. My name is David, and we are in the incredible city of Chicago, Illinois. Today, we're gonna share a few moments talking about the person of Jesus, his love, his care for you. And and I think you're gonna be encouraged today. And specifically today, we're gonna talk about emphasis, emphasis. And why are we gonna talk about emphasis? Because I think what we decide to emphasize in our lives, and not just what I think, the evidence, the overwhelming evidence of both neuroscience and even what we see within the holy text of scripture, show us that what we emphasize has a significant impact on the life that we live. As we go to the scriptures, we see a great example of this in Luke chapter 24, where there's two disciples. One of them has a name, Cleopas. They both have names. The Bible only names one, and they're walking along the road. And this is shortly after Jesus has been crucified, is buried, and a few women have seen him resurrected from the dead. And so they're walking along, and these two disciples, they're sad. They're sad because they're predominantly emphasizing the difficult bad news that Jesus, who they believe to be the Messiah, is now dead. As they're walking along the journey, scripture says that Jesus himself comes up alongside of them and begins to walk with them. Now, it does say something really unique in the fact that God actually prevented them from seeing who it was. So he was journeying with them and he asked them, what are you talking about? They turn to Jesus and say, haven't you heard about the events of the day? And they go along in a conversation where they tell Jesus about Jesus' death. Jesus plays along with them. And in his graciousness, he actually takes them through an incredible Bible study, taking them from Genesis to Malachi, showing them how all of the Bible points to him. And as they're walking along, they still don't know it's Jesus. It says that it gets late in the day. They're about to go separate directions. They invite Jesus in for a meal and he obliges. So they go and they sit down. Now, as they're sitting down having this meal, they break bread and Jesus blesses it. And it says that in that moment, they realized who it was and Jesus vanished. But I think what's interesting is that even though the person of Jesus himself, who they claimed to follow, was walking with them on this entire journey, dining with them, they didn't see it was him. Why? Because they were focused on the bad news of the day. Did you know that neuroscience actually says that bad news sticks to our brain like Velcro? If you take a look at customer service, for every 10 good reviews, one bad review can do away with all the good reviews. You see, bad news is everywhere. News cycles repeat every 30 minutes, and what do they start with? Well, they start with bad news. Why? Because they realize that we are hardwired to fall into the trap of emphasizing what's bad. But you know what's amazing about the person of Jesus and the message of Jesus is that Jesus is actually literally the good news. The gospel means good news. The good news of Jesus is that he loves you, he loves me. And so we have the opportunity in relationship with him to emphasize something completely different that is not determined by our context. And I believe there's a few ways scripture shows us that we can actually emphasize the person of Jesus and his good news over pressures. Maybe you're filled with anxiety. Maybe work is not going well. Maybe your finances are in turmoil. Maybe you've gotten a recent diagnosis or a family member has gotten a recent diagnosis that has thrown your world upside down. You've lost a relationship and you cannot get yourself out of the misery and don't even get up, want to get up out of bed because the only thing you can think about 
is the context that surrounds you. Jesus invites us in those painful moments to focus where I believe God wants us to focus, which is not on ourselves. No, no, no. The overwhelming emphasis of scripture is not us. It is not your holiness. It's not your spirituality. It's not your character. It's not your integrity. It is on the good news and the graciousness of the free gift that comes through Jesus on the cross. A few ways in which I think we see that within scripture is first and foremost is within the form of rest, rest. Now take a look at society around us today. We're in a bustling city. We are hardwired to grind, to work hard, but scripture actually shows us a different way. You know, when we are focused on what we can do and not on what God does for us, it's actually counter scripture. It's actually not what God emphasizes. We see this within the story of Mary and Martha who are preparing a meal for Jesus as he enters their home. Martha's working hard in the kitchen, Mary's sitting down, crisscross applesauce, listening to Jesus. Martha's frustrated because she's doing all the work in the kitchen, says, Jesus, can you tell Mary to get in here and help me out? He goes, Martha, Martha, she has chosen the right thing. But oftentimes we don't feel rewarded, we don't feel satisfied because we want to feel like we can actually control and determine our situation around us, but my friends, we cannot. Jesus actually invites us into his rest. He says that his yoke is easy, his burden is light, meaning that what we carry on our shoulders, he actually wants to take off of our shoulders. See, resting in him means that we can emphasize what he does over what we do. Secondly, something we see predominantly emphasized with the scripture is reconciliation. It's reconciliation. You see, we live in a culture that is not so much focused on being reconciled, but we would rather be right. We'd rather focus not on the person of Jesus, which literally is the embodiment of love and reconciliation. We'd rather focus on the principles of what we believe and point them like weapons at other individuals. But that's not what we see within scripture. In fact, when you take a look at the word righteousness, which means right relationship, in scripture, it's actually impossible to be both right and righteous. How far we have to go in understanding this as the church. Imagine if we didn't have to be right but we could be reconciled to one another. We could have conversations not about each other, but to each other from a place of believing the best about each other. Jesus offers us the most incredible free gift of reconciliation. And he implores us to not withhold that from each other. You see, I think a great way in which we can emphasize what God wants us to emphasize is to be conduits of God's reconciliation. And last but not least, it's his love. It's his love. Jesus actually only answers out of all the hundreds of questions he was, answer, he was asked within scripture. We only have him documented a- answering three questions. And one of them is this, it's the Pharisees, it's the religious folks, they come along and they wanna trap Jesus. They ask him, what's the most significant of all 613 Hebrew laws we see within scripture? And Jesus answers it, he says, the first is this, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength. And the second he goes on is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. You see, I think God's love has oftentimes become cliche to this world. We see it on bumper stickers. We've seen it everywhere, but it is not cliche. It's real for you and it's real for me. You see, we think it's like this this river here. It's limited, but it's like an eternal ocean where its depths cannot be explored. They are so deep. I don't know about you, but I'm gonna spend the rest of my life here on this earth trying to love people the way that Jesus loves me. And that is a journey that is my honor, it's my privilege, and I think that's the overwhelming emphasis of Jesus. 
It's his love for you and his love for me. And so today, if you'd say, David, I, I, I've been holding things in my life like this. I've been controlling things. I have made myself, my efforts, my abilities, the overwhelming focus of my life, and it's not going well. And you'd say, I want to actually begin a journey with Jesus today. All it takes is a simple yes. In just a second, I'm going to pray for you. And if that's you, as your eyes are closed, wherever you're at in this globe, just say a simple yes to Jesus as I'm praying for you. God, I thank you so much for who you are. I pray for every single individual listening to this message right now. God, for those who want to begin a relationship with you, God, I thank you that just with a simple yes they're saying out loud or in their head right now, God, that you are transforming their life. God, I pray that you would help them sense and feel your overwhelming love, care, the fact that your yoke is easy, your burden is light. God, I pray that you would release and ease tensions in their life. And God, help them to look to you in the face of their everyday struggles within life. God, we thank you for who you are, for your grace, for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you so much, church home.